As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, because they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never going to give up, give up. Fall down, I just got to get up, get up, yeah. You're listening to the Toxic and Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone. Good good morning. It's always a pleasure to kind of rise and shine and get up on the right side of the bed, as some people would say, or in the right mind. And and even this show today is kind of designed to enable us to not only stay in the on the right mind, but but check up on our mind from time to time and our body and even our spirit for that matter. Uh, we're going to talk about events. We're going to talk about something called the health kiosk that's going to be available for folks and just a way to kind of just enable us to pursue this this dream of, I would say this waking dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what does that mean? Not only in a metaphorical sense, but just in your daily walk. Uh, the, the, the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation has really been a, a, a seminal uh, instrument of change here in the New Haven area and also nationwide for that matter. And we're going to talk about the Yale Center for Clinical Investigations, their uh, current and, and and I should say sustained collaboration with the cultural ambassadors. And we've they've developed something called the a health kiosk. And you know, New Haven is known for its innovation. You think about Eli Whitney and telephones and uh, other initiatives uh, here that have taken place over the, the last centuries. And this this century of this of discovery continues. So the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation, in collaboration with the Cultural Ambassadors, we're going to talk about something called the Health Kiosk, and we have folks to kind of help us uh, understand this new vision, this new opportunity, this new really I, I would say portal to our uh, our self discovery and 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 our humanity and our health our health quest. Uh, Tisha Johnson is with us. Tisha is Deputy Director and Chief Operating Officer, the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation and Director for Clinical Research at the Yale School of Medicine. Dr. Nitu Kashyap is here with us, uh, Assistant Clinical Professor of Internal Medicine at the Ch- and Chief Medical Information Officer at Yale New Haven Health System and Yale School of Medicine. Terrence Du is with us, a senior, citizen, senior software engineer and systems analyst at the Yale School of Medicine. And last but not least, my good friend, Reverend Dr. Leroy O'Perry, who I've known a few for a few decades, and he still kind of indulges me to kind of maintain a, a positive relationship for, for the most part. Uh, Reverend Dr. Leroy O'Perry Jr. is with us. He's pastor of St. Stephen's Amy Zion Church, located here in Brantford, Connecticut, uh, just outside of New Haven, and cultural ambassador to the Yale Clinical Research Program. Welcome, everyone. We're going to we're going to take take the deep dive. We have about fifty five minutes, and not going to filibuster any longer uh, in terms of what a, what a kiosk means and health-related information and services and, and, and access and just uh, really just enable us to be on, the, be on the right path, on a sustained path and a convenient path for something called these, these digital hubs as we kind of navigate this digital world in terms of particularly clinical trials. Um, Tisha, good morning. Nita, good, Nita, good morning. Reverend Perry, good morning. Uh, Terrence, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right, Tisha, maybe kick kick us off a little bit, and, and Nita as well, Nita as well, in terms of telling us a little bit, a little bit about yourself and your role at the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation and the Yale School of Medicine, 
because uh, I think it's important for people to know that context and and the movers and shakers that are right in our midst. So Tisha, good morning. Good morning and thank you. <clears throat> Apologize a bit uh, as Reverend Perry and the team from Yale knows I uh, recently came came home with COVID uh, from one of the one of the, um, the the meetings and so my voice is still a little in and out here but um, the um, I'm I'm a deputy director and a chief operating officer for the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation and and the center's role within Yale is really to help facilitate clinical and translational research across the uh, the university and across the health system and we really focus on the aspects of you know operating operationalizing a lot of the activities. And so within that context, that's how I met uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Perry, and uh, we established the cultural ambassadors, which is a really important component of how we think about all of our activities now in the light of, you know, what are the needs of the community and how does the community interface with us and help to set research priorities. And so really excited today, especially to talk about this project. This project is funded out of another partnership that's deeply rooted in uh, sort of evangelizing the cultural ambassadors, which is uh, a partnership that we have with the FDA Office of Minority Health and Health Equity. Uh, this kiosk project is actually a part of uh, mm. a, a contract that we competed for and received from the office um, to look at how we might uh, make sure that or evaluate some of our aspirations to make sure that they are culturally relevant and they're bringing information more to the needs of the community, sort of meeting them where they are. So really excited to talk about this project today and um, the collaborations that we have. And I would just say that none of this work would be possible without the work of, of uh, my colleague Nitu and, and her team, uh, which includes Terrence and uh, Dr. Alan Shaw, who's unable to be with us today, but um, maybe I could uh, pass it over to Nitu and she can share a little bit uh, more about her background and also the role that she and Alan play on this project and within the health system and the med Excellent. School. Excellent. Thank you, Tisha. Nitu? Thank you, Tisha, and good morning, everyone. Um, I'm so excited to be here and share uh, what we've been able to do with guidance from Tisha and Reverend Perry and, and others as well, um, and with the hands-on keyboard provided by Terrence for this project. Uh, my role at the Health System and the School of Medicine uh, involves uh, teaching and research-related activities, but my day job is uh, to help provide an infrastructure and information technology uh, for population health and clinical decision support. Uh, population health being where we try to identify groups based on specific criteria and improve their health and health well-being uh, through tools, uh, just like what you're about to hear today. And then clinical decision support is targeted towards the physicians when they are with an individual to then surface information that is available in either our electronic health records or in the latest research out there and putting it right in front of them to provide the best care possible for an individual. Um, what I've been able to have the opportunity to work with at the Yale Center for Investigation is an extension of that, but in the context of research and breaking new ground and finding new uh, therapies uh, and um, 
and excited again to share um, in a little bit more detail about this particular one. Tom, you're on mute. Sorry, I'm going to take the deep deep dive. Just before we take the deep dive, uh, just wanted to uh, uh, ask something about informatics and, and Terrence and, and Reverend Perry, just be patient, but the ladies have to go first. They, they We know that they, they have the brains and we, we just got to follow along. Uh, but but this term need to and, and Tisha in terms of uh, informatics, what does that what does that mean, and how does kind of how does it kind of connect to the to the to the d delivery of healthcare, and, and why is it possibly important? Tisha, I can go first if you'd like. So I'll I'll start by uh, I guess the definition of what the uh, academic experts have come up with. It is the science and the art uh, that deals with healthcare data, uh, and it spans from gathering data, displaying it in meaningful ways, and then also creating insights from that data. Um, mm -hmm. So if there is a blood pressure value that is gathered in the office visit, what does it mean? when you have a series of you know, 18 of those, uh, is it showing a trend? And then when mm. you expand that to a larger population, is this showing anything about the health of the population or the wellness of the population at, at a larger degree? So at the very basic uh, and simple level, it deals with data and turning into more meaningful uh, insights coming out of it. Tremendous, tremendous. You should please add on. I'll, I'll add on you know, uh, making it more, uh, the term more relevant to the conversation today. The, when we think about all of this data, as uh, <clears throat> my colleague uh, just mentioned and how you make it relevant thinking about uh, health outcomes, one of the things, especially in this grant and that we've tried to do with the cultural ambassadors is to take it a step further and make it relevant to the community and, and to their needs. And so it's been really exciting to work with uh, Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton and, and the entire ambassadors program to think about how we sort of take this data and these data insights related to health and then transform them not only to be more relevant to the community, but also as we try to message about the importance of health, and, and you've been a large part of that uh, with us over the past few years, but how do we make sure that what we're, what we're trying to convey is both coming across in terms of the context, mm -hmm. the language, but also the culture? So how do mm -hmm. we make all of this information relevant so that the, the community that we're trying to reach is actually hearing us? And so uh, your program has been an important part of it, and we think the kiosk, which we're going to talk about and the lessons learned from this specific grant application, uh, are going to help us to further understand what are the best ways, the best tools to reach the community? And also in this case, the best locations to reach them mm -hmm. where they mm -hmm. are to help them really take advantage of all of these tools to, to focus on not only you know health improvements, but research participation. And, and just before we go into the, the locations and the, the accessibility and really the tremendous benefit, I mean, I mean, I'm so looking forward to this. But Reverend Perry, share with us just lastly in terms of the part of this uh, kind of part of the conversation about the cultural ambassador connection to the to uh, this development, this creativity. I mean, this is something that's really exciting how the cultural ambassadors have been involved with being on the, the ground floor of helping with the innovation and the creativity. Well, I think I, I want to thank Tisha for making this possible for us. Mm. 
because we've always, we, in our collaboration, we talk about faith and science. But it's important to note that it has to be collaborative and it has to be a partnership. Mm-hmm. So even, even in, 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 in projects like this, you have, to, you have to get the information to the community. And sometimes, you know, science wants the community to, to trudge through those difficult pathways of health care uh, uh, to, to get to where they are. And, and most, of, most of the folk in our community don't either have transportation, don't have the knowledge or information. So this process is so important and so vital if we are to, if we are to change policy within healthcare and outcomes within healthcare, we've got to bring this right to where the community is. And I think that's what this kiosk will do for us. It, it will help with social determinants of health. It will help with outcomes. It will help with availability and functionality, and so it's 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 a mammoth project. I'm just I'm just I just can't wait till it's mm-hmm. off and running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See how how this information, this data will will change um, the outcomes for minorities in particular. So need to need to let let's let's jump in with with no further ado. Tell tell us tell us a little bit about uh, what people will be able to do on these with these key kiosks, and then Terrence, I'll come to you as well. So the, so the vision that uh, I'm about to share is actually comes from uh, Reverend Perry, Reverend Clayton, uh, Tisha, and Dr. Shao, who, uh, as Tisha mentioned, is not able to join uh, today. And uh, we've had several design sessions with all of them providing insights on what is most beneficial to the community in terms of um, health and healthcare at the fingertips. And mm-hmm. if you think about it at the very basic level, that's what this um, and you described it as a portal for our health and access. Uh, and, and I think that's exactly what it is intended to do. In the very first phase, um, people will be able to access uh, uh, essential health care topics that affect the community. And again, those are guided by uh, Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton on what uh, is of interest to the community. So it's designed for the community by uh, leaders in the community. Um, The other thing um, that Terrence has put in there is the ability to search for things that assist with social drivers of health. Uh, For instance, searching the 211 directory and being able to identify uh, resources that might be available within our community um, and be able to take them with you. Um, There are other things that we look to do through these and connect them with the kiosk uh, is being able to, through this whole uh, structure, take some basic measurements of, say, a blood pressure and a heart rate and be able to understand Mm -hmm. what they mean uh, for you as an individual in the context of your own health. Um, in the future, there are plans to continue to expand uh, that uh, based on what the community would find most helpful. And I'm sure Reverend Perry and Tisha will talk about uh, future plans that include the ability for signing up for um, a Help Us Discover profile, for instance, to mm. create uh, uh, profiles that will help us uh, reach you, out to you when there is a research topic that might interest you or be able to sign up for um, Yale's uh, patient portal mm-hmm. or be able to actually do your telemedicine visits through those areas once there is a private um, location for you to be able to do that. But for now, um, I think these are the things that are in, um, in the docket for, for the kiosk. 
Perfect, perfect. And Terrence, I mean, I read just a little bit about you this morning, and I'm just so excited about I me. Mean, you're what you're doing now, and your job didn't exist what what 20 years ago. I mean, you're 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 kind of the cutting edge and, and a pioneer in this regard. So uh, someone has to build the build the, uh, the the bridge to Alaska or or to Brooklyn Bridge or whatever. But so so give us an idea of what what was involved when you uh, were designing the features of the kiosk, and what were some of the things you tried to keep in mind when developing it as well. Yeah, I think. Uh... One of the first things I thought about were just the people. I mean, I grew up in uh, the same communities um, and I thought about all the anxieties around healthcare and um, providing information to these, you know, sort of just computers from the perspective of the user. Mm -hmm. And I thought of how we could establish, you know, trust um, mm -hmm. by making things very clear, uh, by creating these sort of like frictionless pathways. So you know, when you see the kiosk, my my hope is uh, that everything that you can do on the kiosk is very clear and upfront. Mm -hmm. And then when you decide, you know, you want to access community resources, for example, that everything that can be done makes sense, that the navigators can, you know, come and be of assistance with regard to uh, what the information means. And uh, I tried to make every, you know, little bit feel as comfortable as possible, um, as if you're, you know, you're being talked to by someone who understands the, the kind of needs out there in the community. Excellent. Let, let's elaborate a little bit on that. And Reverend Perry, join us as well, because Terrence has mentioned the word tra train navigators and comfort level and this this exponential sense of of society and how things are escalating so quickly. It really is a is a is a mental and uh, you know, a psychic challenge to not feel big brother, big sister, not to feel that you're, you're, you're being a surveillance society. It's just so much going on in people's mind about uh, government and, and policy and whether we can maintain, maintain some kind of control. So when I heard that you have something called train navigators really help folks and, and uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about that. Cause I think that insur ensuring that trust and, and, right, and um, let, let, let me start here. Let me start here. Mm-hmm what uh, Terrence talked about when he said trust. Mm -hmm. I've had researchers say to me, we're gonna start our project in the barbershop because it is a trusted part of our community. That is not true. Anyone who's ever been to one of our barbershops knows what goes on in the barbershop. And I would not trust my barber <laughs> only to cut my hair, but not with my health. Mm -hmm. One of the things that COVID taught us that was possible for us was that we realized that when we when COVID broke out, we had to have ways of testing people who came into the church. Mm -hmm. So not only did we did we have you know we sanitize our hands and our pews, but we also had uh, thermometers. Some mm -hmm. of them were given to us by the state, some were given to us by Yale, so that we could test people's temperature and then we could say to them, hey, you know, you may need to see your doctor. That was that was a that was a a guiding light to help us to realize that here in this trusted community, we could do so much more. Yes. And so what the kiosk does for us is like we can we know that hypertension is a silent killer. But now we can say to our folk, hey, you're here in the church. We've opened up a, an, a, a, a portal. Need to a portal <laughs> for mm -hmm. you to, uh, to 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 hear right here in a trusted institution. Get, get tested. 
for your for for hypertension. We can test your pulse. We can give you uh, your temperature. But also, we can even with the kiosk, we can do so much more. Mm-hmm. We can do social determinants of health. We can we can even hook you up with telemedicine. And as as Nita would mention, with the two one one, we can we can even point to uh, resources in the community. Do you have access to clothing? Do you have access mm. to food? Mm. Mm. Have you fallen recently? All of these things we could do now, and this is only going to benefit us as a, as a community that has been left out of this whole process. So the question it, of navigators mm-hmm. was, uh, we figured that you know to, to do this correctly, we would have to train some of our, our church members, Good. be able to go in and to you know get some of this information and to help folk navigate the, um, the, the kiosk machine, which is something that we've worked with. And we, we did a demo in Bridgeport. Mm. We brought a young lady from the church who is a nurse. And she said she would, uh, Reverend Clayton had, um, had given her the authority to be the navigator for the church if the <laughs> kiosk ever got there. So that when people came in, um, she could help them navigate through this process. And the benefits for all of us nationally locally uh is just tremendous talk about i mean that, that's keep that momentum going to tisha and reverend perry about, about location and oh tisha's, and, tisha's ready to say something Tom. Oh, all right please please i wanted to actually elaborate a little bit one of the interesting things when we were before we were writing this proposal uh in the transition to COVID, we had met with reverend perry and reverend clayton and we were trying to make sure that some of the seniors in the church had access to their patient portal. Uh, Our Mm -hmm. electronic health record is epic and you can do so much through your own patient portal. You can sign up for for a clinical trials profile as as need to mention. You can request your doctor's appointments. You can get reminders. You can fill your prescriptions. You can do all of these things clinically, but one of the things that we were seeing were people weren't showing up for doctor's appointments. And what was interesting Mm. was all of these seniors were willing to go to the church, but they didn't want to show up at the clinic. And they, Mm. it was really that they trusted the cleaning process in the church more than the clinic at the Mm. time. And so Mm -hmm. these really interesting insights as to how people in the community see sort of safety and and trustworthiness and, and trust. And so when we wrote this grant, um, in collaboration with Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton, we wanted to build on it and see if we could bring research and and all of these clinical benefits more closely to places where people, you know, live, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, pray and play. And so mm-hmm. that was the concept uh, behind it with Reverend Clayton and Reverend Perry. And so the exciting thing from a, not just the clinical aspects and all of the benefits that that we're talking about here, but from a research side, you know, this partnership is born was born out of really focusing on the importance of diverse participation in clinical trials and making yes. sure all communities were represented. It and and so as we think about clinical trials now post COVID, there's this concept called decentralized trials. Hmm. So not everything has to be done in the hospital or in the clinic in a visit. Could we? Uh, as need to mention in a future state, even do some of the clinical trials related tasks out in the community in a kiosk mm. in a place where we could maximize the convenience part of it and also the trust part of it for mm-hmm. individuals in the community. So 
from a research perspective, because this is, you know, as I mentioned, this is a part of the the, the grant uh, from the FDA Office of Minority Health and Health Equity. From a research point of it, what we're doing now in this pilot phase with the kiosk is getting information with the work that Need To and Terrence and others have done to say, what would be the most effective unit? How much could we push yeah. out into the community with the kiosk model? What is it that community members really want? What is the at the church level, how much of this activity would they want to take on within the context of the partnership? And so we could get these insights, as uh, Reverend Perry mentioned, to really sort of push this movement more nationally and, and understand just how much we can do in this way in these alternative location structures with these alternative light clinical setups. This is so important in terms of the, the I feel like we're at the, at the the big bang that we're just we're really just it's just really uh, starting a whole new universe. Talk, talk to me about location a little bit. Location, location, location. You hear that and, and accessibility and places where people might be comfortable. Any thoughts in that regard? Have we identified locations? Um, you know, right now I think, and I'll ask Reverend Perry to to jump in. But um, you know, we're working uh, partnering with the cultural ambassadors, and so the idea is that we would you know, set up actually in the churches. And so Tremendous. we've done in the past, as you know, we've had health fairs that we're going to talk about one coming up now in the community. We've had the fairs at the at the churches themselves. We have held vaccination clinics with a lot of work from need to actually at the churches. And so we know that the ministers are are trusted, their locations are trusted and mm. it's convenient. You know, mm -hmm, the people mm -hmm. in the, the churches are conveniently located for uh, their their membership and and for others, Reverend Clayton's fair. I remember there were people coming from all over Bridgeport. Reverend yes. uh, Perry's vaccination. It was the same thing. There was there were people coming from the schools all over town, all over uh, uh, joining communities. And and there's a convenience factor uh, in addition to sort uh, of overcoming some of these trust barriers that we're talking good, about. But I good. don't know if uh, Need to or Reverend Clayton, you know, sorry Reverend Perry or Terrence have anything to add. I, I think that um, I think that it's important when we do things that we do them right. And for mm -hmm. me, starting off in, with the particular, starting off with just a select group to find out uh, how this really can work and should work, and what the kinks are. And then once we find out that it is something that that uh, is really beneficial and that people are buying into, and if they're not buying into it, we need to find out why. And, mm -hmm. and correct that. And so from there, like I have, I have a lot of visions. Like for for me, <laughs> trying to reach people who are who are dealing with poverty, and we can't neglect looking at some of our cap agencies. Yes, you see sometimes sixty thousand, one hundred twenty thousand people every year for energy assistance, for housing, mm -hmm. for. Um, daycare and, and 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 they go there because they're poor and they need help so i mean though that would be something in the future that i i would look at um the mayor of waterbury and i are very close and he just he's just opened up a clinic in the heart of the ghetto um in which i grew up in waterbury and it's going to be one of the first clinics that will have free dental and i'm going to reach out to him because i want to get those as many of those my uh, in that community to be a part of this study at some point. So I, this mm -hmm. is a future mm -hmm. idea that I have mm -hmm. uh, in mind that we might be able to work toward. And, and 
listen, this 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 brain of ours just never stops. So we've got <laughs> so many other possibilities. I'm not going to share them all. I don't know anybody stealing our ideas just yet. But yeah, we, we're ready for this. All right, this is so important. Nito and Terrence, uh, and before we'll go to the community health fair on Saturday, August 26th, of course, and what's good, and really the goodies in really such a great way. Good news, good vibe, good food, good good information, good good health. Uh, but but Nito and, and Terrence, I was just curious because we've raised this issue about uh, privacy, et cetera. If you want to like to kind of weigh in a little bit to kind of just assure people that things will be protected and guarded and that they won't be hacked, et cetera. Is it Terrence? Uh, yeah, so I think one thing that people can uh, kind of feel safe about with regards to the kiosk is uh, we're never asking for, you know, more information than is necessary. Uh, we're in safe, dedicated locations facilitated by a navigator. So their overall experience is in its own space where they're able to, you know, I think feel secure about the fact that, you know, when they're navigating community resources or any of these, they're not offering up more than they're getting back uh, from the kiosk. Um, that's my main take from it. Excellent. Me too. So Terrence has just said it very elegantly on, on the security uh, stuff that he's sort of put in checks and balances in the design of this uh, product. But I'll split the conversation into security and privacy. One talks about how do you keep things uh, that you've gathered safe. And for those, uh, for the vast majority, we've entrusted it into existing structures. So nothing is stored locally at the kiosk level. So the chances that it gets onto the World Wide Web with your personal information, uh, that sort of goes into the design that turns puts together. Uh, and the information that you put in to say sign up for help us discover that's on the Yale servers behind secured firewalls. Mm -hmm. um, the next part is the privacy and then there's there's sort of the privacy of space where you're sharing that information um, and that uh, is in inherent in the locations where the kiosk will eventually be right. located. Right. Uh, and then there is the privacy of the data, which sort of goes along with how you're recording it, who's able to view it. It is in a private space so that um, when I enter and I walk by a room, I'm not just looking at what you just put in there as um, your blood pressure or what you might be facing in terms of your social needs. So, so those are some of the considerations that we've talked about uh, extensively on making sure that while people have the trust uh, in the organization and the structures, they can also feel safe and secure in how we protect their data. Excellent. Excellent. And just before we go to the community health fair, which will be on Saturday, this coming Saturday, August 26th at Scandalberry Park here at New Haven, 139 Ashman Street, I just wondered, um, Tisha, you, you referenced the clinical trials and I was just to hear you phrase and I imagine in my mind how there's been obstacles in terms of access, but also the constant importance of people participating in these clinical trials. So the the the, the accessibility kind of uh, aspect of the, the kiosk be becoming a a tool for really increasing recruitment and people's comfort level. So I wondered if you, the three of you, uh, Tisha and Terrence, could maybe need to even say some more about, just about that before we go to the community health fair about the clinical research that's taking place and how this kind of facilitates 
moving forward in terms of the, I mean, it's 2024, we've got to really get a handle on us, be everyone being a part of these, of these new discoveries. Yeah, um, you know, we're really, I think, excited about this aspect. A lot of the work that we've done over the past, you know, almost uh, 14 years now with the cultural ambassadors has been around how we make sure that we get the information out and how we scrutinize ourselves and 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 make our trials more accessible and available and you know with covid i think it just upended and changed a lot of the that thinking around how how we might do that in a different way and so while it it wouldn't be possible for everything to be done in the context of every single clinical trial in an alternative locations because some things are, you know, clinically intense. Yes. There are other things like, you know, a lot of our studies as as we've talked about on this show, they don't involve, you know, a clinical visit. It could be a questionnaire or other kinds of things. And so there could be those kinds of visits that potentially could be done within the context of this kind of kiosk model. Um, there could even be with other technologies added on things like sample collections or other kinds of mm. things that could eventually, to Reverend Perry's point, be added in this model. But, but you know, in addition to sort of these important lessons learned that we've had around around trust and, and, and trustworthiness, and as Reverend Perry specifically called out, you know, support for more marginalized populations being engaged in, in clinical trials, we also think that there's a certain amount, not only for marginalized populations, but a convenience factor. If, mm -hmm. if you happen to live in Bridgeport or Brantford, whether you are more marginalized or not, you know, nine times out of 10, some of the things we're going to be asking you to do related to the clinical trial activity is going to be doing work. If you work in, in Brantford or Bridgeport, wouldn't it be easier for you to just run down the street and uh, drop by the church as opposed to coming into one of the centers in New Haven or going to one of the hospitals or other things where you might have the valet and do other kinds of things. And so we're really in the context of this study curious about how we can think about all of this aspects. A part of this as Reverend Perry uh, mentioned will be testing the model. So, you know, with this technology, is it something that the community members feel like it's not an overload or mm. just how much are they going to be comfortable with in the context of, uh, of an alternative setting, either in the church or as Reverend Perry said, you know, maybe in partnership with some of the community-based uh, organizations and foundations that are, mm -hmm. are, are supporting the community in other ways. And so how can we learn from this pilot in a way that gives us the knowledge to to expand this um, and to expand the the activities to really think about how we might make all of the clinical trials more accessible while we're diminishing some of the patient burden that comes with mm. the the way mm. that research has been done in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Terrence and Nito, I just wonder whether you'd like to weigh in before we talk more about the health fair in this regard because this this aspect is so important about accessibility, friendly use the term friendliness and and just. Uh, and quality of service also, because Terrence or Nitu, any thoughts in this regard? Sure, Tisha summed it up really nicely. I think it's a question of, um, there's a burden on participating in research that you have to navigate the labyrinth of you know offices and where do I actually get to to do my research related activity? 
despite the interest and the motivation, it may still be a hardship to do that. And this is just democratizing research and, yes. and, um, and bringing it to where you are. Uh, and, and I just can't emphasize that aspect of it enough. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure Tisha uh, and Dr. Shao actually uh, would love at some point to share the early results from the the trial as, that was as part of this FDA grant that has already given us insights oh, how people prefer to hear from us about research-related activities. Excellent, T Terrence. Because I mean, you're 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 the baby, or you're you're giving out like a ten million dollars if I if I pl pl plug in my name. Tell me how many. We'll talk about that offline, I guess. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, just to, I, I guess, uh, talk about the, the way the kiosk uh, addresses it is uh, we have a clinical research page. So one of the first things that you see front and center is uh, these available uh, offerings for clinical research. Yeah. So the kiosk really uh, puts it out there with the information and also why it's relevant uh, for future generations. Uh, I think having more information out there around our populations and being able to you know address issues that affect our populations is really important i think the kiosk one of the things that we toiled over and that i spoke with uh, reverend perry about are were the right language to convey just how important mm -hmm. you know these are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. excellent excellent Let's let's go to uh, Saturday. I mean, it's coming August twenty sixth from from twelve to four. Reverend Perry, kind of kind of jump in and and share with us. Uh, I mean, you, this is not not your the health fair is not your it's not your your maiden voyage. You guys have done this before, and you've been you know on this task in terms of just community information in so many ways. But but talk to us about this uh, upcoming community health fair on Saturday, August twenty sixth from twelve to four at Scandalberry Park here in New Haven. Oh, absolutely, Tom. But I I, I just want to go back to the Okay. The kiosk for a minute, because I mean, if you have a vision, you can almost see this kiosk, you know, on on an app form in every mm -hmm. housing every, every housing complex where individuals do not have accessibility and you really want some answers. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes this this project so valuable is that it is not just hooked up to the web; it's hooked up to an institution. It's hooked up to mm -hmm. Yale. So that you have researchers who are in in this field, experts like Nita, who can who can analyze this data mm -hmm. and help to process it so that it can be used in a more practical way, and also um, even in terms of policy. You know, because when you got the information, then you can go to the legislators and legislative body and say, "Listen, this is something. This is a series. This is." we have an area in New Haven where there's more asthma than anywhere else. And we've come to some conclusions that you need to do something about the air quality. Mm -hmm. back it up. So, I mean, that makes this, this whole project so valuable, not only yes. to us locally, but to, you know, the FDA and to, and just na nationally. Mm -hmm. With regards mm -hmm. to the health fair, I, I want to say something that I learned from uh, my mentor, Tisha Johnson Harris, <laughs> which was when I told her there were five or six different health fairs in, in New Haven. And she said to me, Reverend Perry, our, our health fair is centered around research. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that is so much more important than saying this mm -hmm. is like a back to school uh, uh, ice cream fair. I mean, th those things could take place, but ours is centered around research. 
And part of the problem I think that we've had is that we have not had enough exposure in our community to researchers and research that affects us mm-hmm. in, in a primary way. So I talked to Dr. Onyema, who's, who is doing research with HIV. He's going to try to be there. We have the All of Us group, um, which, is, which is funded by the NIH, that's going to talk about how we can use this uh, repository of information to help bring about better health outcomes for all of us. I mean, we just have a whole a host of, um, of researchers who are going to be there who will be able to have access to the community and the community will have access to their knowledge and information so that we can spread this yes. and, 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 and so spreading it, give it the exposure and education and um, for our people who can go for it in a, in a better light. Instead of walking in darkness, I don't want to preach a sermon. They can walk in the light. <laughs> Tisha? Um, yeah, it's, you know, one of the exciting things um, I, I think about uh, many of our activities with the ambassadors, but specifically around this activity, we're constantly, as uh, Reverend Perry indicated, you know, bringing together this idea of faith and science and, and health, because in this way, even though the the event itself is sponsored by the research side of our organization, a lot of health information is available um, at the at at the event. And so we're not just talking about the trials, but we're talking about mm-hmm. the the health behind it. And so there's um, I think there's tables that are going to be focused to some of the mental health issues, uh, mm-hmm. uh, cancer, as Reverend Perry said, you know. Um, some of the other illnesses, um, but individuals will be able to come out and 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 get general information, but also help us uh, help us think about how we're going to balance and uh, and get participation from our very diverse community and all of all of our studies. And so, really excited about that. But um, one of the other things that we I talked to them about the fact that it was research and they talked to us about the fact that it needed to also have a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> people wouldn't show up. And so I am hoping Reverend Perry will talk about some of the fun events as well that they have planned because it's just amazing what they put together uh, for the for the community and this uh, this research and health fair. Reverend Perry, she's passed a gun. Oh, give yeah. us some of the detail. Oh, we, we, you know, we, we we were working on so many items. I mean, it's organized. Gonna, yeah. Jackie Jackie and Sunday have done a, a marvelous job in trying to reach out. In fact, they walked the community this weekend or Friday, handing bulletins and flyers out to Perfect. people in the community. Perfect. And, and they discovered some areas that they did not know existed. Yeah, I know you're going to have a DJ and. Zumba and the photo booth and Absolutely. face painting and, and I believe food, you know, manna from heaven, I think it's food. also going to be. Maybe even an ice cream truck. We're trying, to, <laughs> right? trying to get that there too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And our churches are going to have tables and t-shirts. And we're going to have some of our young ambassadors who are going to, who are going to work with the researchers and guiding people to their booths and to helping them, you know, in the park mm-hmm. with anything that mm-hmm. comes up because that's also important. And I'm hoping we're going to do some recruitment for uh, for uh, help us discover as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you'll be there, Tom. I, I heard there was going to be a proclamation 
coming from the alder? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there are 30 wards in New Haven. I represent Ward 28. Uh, Scandalberry is, is in an, an adjacent ward. But nonetheless, if you're regardless of what uh, ward you represent here in New Haven, you can still kind of take the initiative to salute good things that are happening throughout the city. And it was it's my pleasure to be able to kind of present a citation from the city of New Haven under Mike, under the the president of the board will Taisha Walker Myers. Her signature will be on the the actual uh, citation. But it's a, just a chance for for you to know that the city is really in firm kind of uh, excitement and commendation about your your achievement, not only the seeds that you planted over the years, but moving forward. So it's just it's just kind of a, a public uh, recognition of the fact that this this is super important and that the city kind of thanks, actually it's, it's, a, it's called a citation, but it's almost a public thank you for enabling the, the public health of New Haven to, uh, to, to, to improve. So I'm um, look, looking forward to, forward to being there and uh, parking will be available in Yale parking lot uh, number 78. That's the parking lot that kind of is adjacent to the, 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 the Yale Health Center. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's just a chance for us uh, to, to through through my aldermanic responsibilities to kind of just share and and uh, reveal, if you will, our really just, just deep thanks for for your being being in the vineyard and, and making this a better place. So it's, it's something exciting. Uh, I wanted Tisha and and Neat. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying we thank you. All right, uh, Tisha, Nito, and Terrence. How important is it for if at all, for the researchers to have this chance to be up close, up close and personal, but also relax with with their, their with their potential audience. I, I'm always thinking of some folks. Sometimes you get locked into your your ivory towers. Is it important for researchers to have this opportunity to, you know, kind of rub shoulders and let let their hair down and, you know, just be in touch with the community? Yeah, uh, it it it's very important. I think one of the really exciting things about the cultural ambassadors program is it, it made research more accessible and it got the, uh, the community uh, to accept research in a way that it, what just wasn't possible before the program. And so with events like the health fair, it's an opportunity just as we're talking about with the kiosk to, to bring the, the research to the community instead of asking the community to come to the research. Mm. And so, mm. This is a way where at the health fairs, especially in the, the this, uh, health slash research fair, we're able to provide information to talk about some of the study opportunities in this really more relaxed setting where people can get the information and then sort of do the clinical follow-up as a next step. And so it's just a it's another way, I think, of of not only getting the information out there, but also I think demonstrating the the partnership, you know, one of the things that we learned, um, that we've learned over the course of the, the 14 years uh, with the ambassadors is they are the trusted representatives of the community. And so by having this co-sponsored event, the community can see that the ambassadors are 
that they're engaged, they're involved, that they're driving much of our research agenda and our research opportunities. And and I think that that's, that means something in the community. Mm. And, and mm. so we're really hoping for in the past, we've, I, I think, had as many as two or 300 people show up on a Saturday. So really hoping for a big event again this Saturday uh, so that we can show the power in these kind of events and have, and have the ability to keep uh, to keep hosting them. Uh, so, so really excited for your support and, and for everything that the ambassadors are doing every day for us. Well, it's definitely our pleasure and my pleasure. Folks can call one, by the way, it's, uh, 877-978-8343, 877-978-8343 for further information, or they could email help us discover at yale.edu. Uh, we have about four more minutes, everyone, believe it or not. So the time has kind of moves, moves quickly. <laughs> Uh, Terrence, I mean, just again, I, I might have to ask you for just kind of chat with you on, on a separate show because the, the the mindset and the, uh, the, the the capacity and capability that you have, and just being the we hear so much about systems and chat GPT and artificial intelligence and virtual reality. Just for someone that's kind of on the cutting edge of that, it's just so I think important for us not to be fearful, but to be able to be embrace it and not be over and not be overwhelmed with it. So that's, that's a public invitation for down the road, man. Just clear, clear your calendar. Uh, final comments from uh, Nitu and, and Reverend Perry and, and Tisha. Parents don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, see, see that's, right. that's a Tom Ficklin app he's trying to get you to do. Uh, I got a better <laughs> idea. We'll talk. <laughs> right. He's a valuable I, person. I really enjoyed this. I, I think this has really been a very helpful um, and promotional way that we can reach out to the community about the chaos and about the health there. And I just thank everybody on this show. Um, it's been phenomenal. I can't wait to repost this and send this out. And uh, I'm looking forward to having a great time on Saturday. Excellent. And, and need to get, uh, segue a little bit, because you've mentioned at the top of the hour when we first started about population health. I think people hear this word and that's, 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 so say, say some more about population health, if you will, in terms of your last remarks. Sure. Um, population health is just, instead of looking at individuals uh, when you are with a physician uh, in a visit setting, it's looking at the interval in between those visits and looking at groups where we can get larger insights. Um, mm -hmm. So while I'm an individual, I'm also part of a community and that community influences health and healthcare in a variety of ways. So looking at groups, uh, much like how research works, you look at yeah. groups to get insights um, when you do that in the context of health and healthcare. Um, so identifying groups who would need breast cancer screening earlier than what is recommended for the average population, for example. That's a great example of population health. Men who would need prostate cancer screening um, earlier than what is recommended for an average male. Uh, so that's the concept of population. Mm -hmm. and, and so how does an event like our event coming up on Saturday Kind of relate to your fulfilling and your objectives and your and your and your goals and aspirations. Some of it is in the design of what um, Terence has put through as a portal for for reaching out and sharing awareness about these things, um, and and others is just being out there with the community for the bringing things for the community and 
um, and sort of understanding what motivates. Mm -hmm. And I should um, mention that I'm really looking forward to the Zumba sessions that are planned. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I have my I have my ice pack on as we speak, so I think I got to I got to go. Tisha, kind of kind of last words as we kind of wind down. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tom. And uh, again, if anyone needs information, they can uh, email us at helpusdiscover at yale.edu or 877-978-8343. That's also a number if, uh, if folks uh, on the line have questions about clinical research and clinical research participation, they can also ask the team that, that answers that line. Or they already have uh, Yale uh, MyChart, they can go into MyChart and go into the left side of the navigation and click on research and they'll find some information there. So um, really excited to see everyone this weekend, you know, uh, appreciate your helping us to talk about this specific activity. And I can't give enough credit to Reverend Perry and Reverend Clayton and the ambassadors for everything that they're doing for us to make our science and our research activity just more relevant to the community. And also appreciate you, Tom, for Excellent. letting us come on and talk about it today. Excellent. Well, my pleasure. And thank you, everyone. Let's say stay healthy, stay wise, stay, stay prudent. And the, the men have a, a greater challenge for that to be, to be, to be fulfilled. But, you know, we're, we got to kind of just try to do our thing. Isn't that right, Terrence and Leroy? Okay. Reverend Clayton also. Thanks everybody. And CC, many of you on Saturday and, and let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do it again. And until then, take care. I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gon' give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is my road. Let's camera action, I'm ready to go. I'm never gonna give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Hey. Yeah, this is my run. Let's camera action, I'm ready to go. Way too long, we faced them storms. Now you gon' face the dawn you waiting for. I said from night to dawn, I write my wrongs alone. In competition with warnings, ice galore. Now I'm running toward them highlights, I'm finished being a quitter. But little, little by little, they joking, telling some riddles. Now I'm in my section, ain't willing to give up. Know you getting knocked down, but you gotta get up. I'm never gonna give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah.